BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome in, everybody. Another very special edition of Messi and Co. here in English. I am your host, Austin Roblard, and join with me, of course, the very lovely Gian and the very lovely Ashley. And today we have a lot to cover, especially because Miami are getting ready to play in the club's ever first semifinal. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, Gian, Ashley, are we still kind of taking in what happened in Charlotte? I mean, what we talked a ton after the show, Gian and I. So just really quickly, Ashley, I haven't talked to you yet just about it. Give me your quick, rapid-fire reaction about like what happened against Charlotte and, and you know the excitement for this team going into a semifinal of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great game. Um, I think in the beginning, you know, there were certain parts where I, I was, uh, I feel like, Inter Miami had seen like got some really good competition and was seeing a very, you know, diligent, well-coached squad. Um, but they didn't take advantage of their opportunities, Charlotte. And uh, I feel like for a lot of the time with Inter Miami, we used to say that they didn't take advantage of their opportunities and they got punished. And and I think now we're kind of on the other side of that coin where Charlotte FC did not take advantage of their opportunities and they got punished because, you know, Joseph got his penalty. Uh, Messi, of course, got the last goal. Robert Taylor got a great goal. You know, everyone uh, everyone did their part. And so it's really exciting. I think the team is continuing to build. It's getting strong. Um, a lot of consistency we're seeing. I think Jordi Alba made a, you know, a great com- contribution to the game. Everyone is, uh, is stepping up, and I'm super excited. It's going to be a really, really tough game on Tuesday, a really big test. And, I mean, I, I think we're forgetting that it's only been like, you know, five games that he's played. It feels like it's been months, um, but I'm really excited. Yeah. Eight goals in five games, all wins. Like it's, it's just insane. And like thinking about those kinds of numbers for any player in, you know, MLS or I guess this new leagues cup, whatever it is, just unprecedented. So what he's doing is, is absolutely insane. And, Right when we come back after this quick little ad break at the beginning of the show, we have some new arrivals to talk about. We'll be right back. If you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury, look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor, Lacqua Azura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, Lacqua Azura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. If you're looking in the South Florida area, for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month basis, Laco Azuda boasts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. 
Also, if you mention Messi & Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait for pool service, patio renovation, or more. Call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, Lacqua Azuda. All right, so a couple of big names joining Inter Miami training this week. It's taken a little bit of time, uh, you know, since the announcement of their signings, but they are finally here. Diego Gomez got here a little bit faster than these guys. Uh, but, you know, Miami did hit the trigger on all three of their U22 signings. Facudo Farias and Tomas Aviles signed the winger and the central defender, both Argentinian uh you know, recruited by Tata Martino in the front office and brought into Miami to fill out their U22 spots. Gian, what what does this do for Inter Miami? We talked so much about the depth that this team has, and we're going to get a lot more into that in just a little bit. But, you know, the excitement for Farias and Aviles to join, I mean, where where does that put Miami, given that what we just mentioned? They have the greatest player in the world, he has eight goals in five games and they have not lost yet. Wow. 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 Yeah. I think that it uh, puts them in a really good spot. I think that they definitely address some positions of need right from the bat. I think one more so than the other. Um, so for example, you know, we've had a team that's been gelling and what a great time to start gelling because think about it. Like we were worried about, will we be able to make a playoff run and we've, you know, we've got a Messi, Alba Busquets, we've got a bunch of new players coming together. And just the fact that we've been able to stay in this tournament and still competing in this tournament just keeps putting a lot of games uh, for us to be able to gel, right? And now we've got two more players coming in. So a lot of the team has gelled. You've got two players that are really good, really young guys coming from really competitive leagues. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I could just, I'll start off with uh, Tomas Aviles. You know, one of the things that we know throughout this season has been how we've struggled on defense and how right now, at least with our two center backs, you know, we've got Kristoff and we've got Kamal Miller right now. And we, I think that like Tomas Aviles has a big chance of being one, like getting in right away. Um, I know that a lot of us might have different opinions as to kind of whose spot he takes, but you know, given that we've received a lot of goals from like set pieces and that sort of thing, I think that Thomas Ailes is gonna is a defender that's strong that knows how to defend those particularly at least the kind of like the highlights that I've been able to see with him in in Racing. So I think Thomas Ailes is gonna get his spot right away. But I, I think I'll, I'll make a prediction. I think it's gonna be for Kritsov um, over mm -hmm. Kamal Miller. Just I, I know that Kritsov kind of brings that veteran uh, that veteran status to the team. But one of the things you know that kind of is something that. Uh, Inter Miami does is we play our fullbacks like really high up and that a lot of times leaves our two center backs and, and maybe sometimes that's Roy in the back but when we get countered a lot of times our center backs aren't fast enough and more so the veteran Kristoff has had a hard time keeping up those counters and Tomas Aviles is a defender that's very fast he's very young um, and I think that you know Kristoff is the older of, of the two between Kamal he's 32 years old Kamal Miller's 26 uh, and that tends to, at that position, you start to lose your 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 speed. So I think that definitely Tomas Aviles can can slot in there right away. And then Facundo Farias, you know, before this whole thing with uh, the you know uh, with um, 
Robert Taylor just emerging as an amazing player, an amazing. He's one of the guys that has. A, I think he's the one that has the most assists for Inter Miami right now, and he's the one that's really been able to associate himself well with Messi. I think the easier option before was to have Facundo Farias slot in right there, but now obviously Tata Martino is going to have a, a much harder decision to go there. But Facundo Farias and uh, and Robert Taylor have a lot of like similar skills they're very good at um being able to take the defender off of the dribble so uh i think that they're gonna i think it's something good for miami to have really good players and to have to figure out you know where to slot them in for sure and that's that's kind of where it, it's obviously always going to be up to Tata martino but he showed with diego gomez coming in he's not afraid to throw these young guys on and and you know prove themselves in a start because you know it was only like a th- what 20 30 minute appearance at most for Diego Gomez in his in his debut off off the bench and straight after that he went ahead and controversially started in the next match um against against FC Dallas and now with guys like Farias and Avila's joining it, it puts the pressure on the backs of the guys like especially Kristoff and Miller because we've seen how slow they've been in transitional defense we've seen you know kind of the mis not necessarily miscommunication but it seems like they're they're tends to be some sort of disconnect at, at times, especially with the fluidity of what Tata Martino wants to do on the field with Dixon sometimes dropping us in the third center back spot, as we've noted, uh, you know, they have, they're asked to do a ton defensively given that we have, you know, some of the most attacking wing backs in the league with DeAndre Yedlin and now Jordi Alba, Noah Allen was liking to get forward as well. Um, so, you know, with, I hadn't really thought about Thomas Avila starting quickly rather than I think, you know, Farias might probably get to start first. But now that you've just said that, Gian, about the center backs, you made me think like, I don't think Tata will be afraid to go ahead and, and no. shift and, and, you know, formulate a back line that is maybe a bit younger because Kamal, Kamal's in the prime of his career. Kamal's yeah. in the prime of his career and he's he's done so well in the league for quite some time. He's done well for Canada as well. And with Avila's coming in to build a partnership, I, I think partnerships, especially in the center back position, are extremely important. I, I think it's mm-hmm. one of the most important positions to have a partnership. Um, so it's, it is tough to say, yeah, we need to make adjustments here at this point in the season. But at the same time, you you have seen the struggles. We have seen the struggles. We did see it against Dallas as well. So I think that that is something really important to think about. And that brings me into what Miami are going to be doing going forward, because there are going to be a ton of positional battles. And we just talked about Aviles and the center backs, but there's more. We, Gian and I, if you've listened to the pod, we have talked so much about the midfield with Kromeshki and Gomez alongside Sergio Busquets and Dixon Arroyo. We have the striker discussion, Campana and Martinez. And we also have now with Fadias coming in the discussion, you know, with him and Robert Taylor and what, Tots Martino is going to do is obviously unknown to anybody right now, but I can't even go ahead and tell you what I think Miami's best lineup is with all the, all the players on their roster. So where Asha, I'll start with you. Where are you kind of leaning in terms of these, these key discussions? What's Miami's like ideal lineup. If everybody's, you know, fit and ready to go outside of Gregory and Malta, because that's a whole other discussion about what you do with the midfield players when they come back. Um, you know, Farias and Taylor, Campana and Martinez, Kromeshki and Gomez, Aviles, does he get to start? Where where do you see Miami as their strongest? What is Tata Martino's, you know, what what will be Tata Martino's go-to lineup with these four four different positional battles? Yeah, well, I mean, I uh I think that at the moment it's um Kromeshki's and Taylor's to lose 
yeah. I would be I would be pretty surprised if both either of them were were not starting. Um, I also, I mean, I think Martinez is going to continue to start, even though, in my personal opinion, I think Campana should get the chance to start. I mean, I think the last game though was an indication of Tata saying you're out at 60. Like if you're, you know, I'm not going to wait until the 70, 75th, 80th minute, you know, I'm giving Campana a full 30 minutes. And truth to be told, while I think that Joseph is, is a better finisher than Campana, I think Campana does so much more in terms of, you know, pushing the opponent's back line, doing good uh, hold up play, being creative and doing things that are going to get the, the offense to move a bit more in that final third. And I mean, when you have Messi and I would even say Robert Taylor at this point, you have two fantastic finishers that if Campana isn't your best finisher on the field, I think that's okay at the moment. I think, you know, he's going to offer something a little bit more dynamic and different. Um, but again, I, 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 I don't think it is Martinez's to lose, but I think maybe in Tata's eyes it is. And so I don't think that's going to happen yet. And then, and then finally, uh, in terms of the center backs, I agree with you. I think that if I think that they there, it could be interesting to think about going to a back three. Um, but I don't know how that would shake up, you know, but because like, again, I think what would maybe a three, five, two or even a three, four, three. I think it would be difficult to see how that would play out. Uh, at the moment. So, um, yeah, but I think, I think we need fresh legs to start immediately. Um, and it could be one of those things where if, you know, we continue our streak of getting good early leads or being able to control the game as it gets that 60th, 65th, 70th minute, we can move to a back three where you can have a Christoph be, you know, our, a super sub, almost a defensive super sub and, uh, and, you know, see how that plays out. So, you know, for, to go back, Kramaski Gomez, while I think you saw with Gomez towards the end, he is when he has that freedom and is creative and he's more in that final third, it's really exciting. Um, but I think Kramaski right now is doing great on both ends and and he's giving that complete package of what that position needs. And so I think it's really his to lose. And I mean, if you take out Robert Taylor, then I don't know how you can expect any player to ever think that they can keep their spot just based on, you know, merit performance and goals. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'll see, but yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. It was a long winded answer, but that's kind of my feelings. No. And I, you raised some, some really good points there because there is, I, I think under Tata Martino, there is real potential for a back three. Is there not Gian? Uh, I think there is. I mean, I'm not someone that necessarily likes uh, the back three position, but I think that he can definitely do it. He's got the personnel to do it now. That's for right. sure. Um, but like what happens if it's a back three, then like how does everything else change? Is that what I'm trying to figure out? How much that that's that's wrong thing, because I, I, does it change that much? Because we've seen the way that Dixon has shifted right when they go into a back three and then it kind of leaves Busquets alone in a hole. Instead, you start off with a back three, play three center backs, and then the four in the midfield are your two wing backs and a double pivot of Arroyo and Busquets. And up front, you have Taylor, Mar Martinez or Campana and, and Messi in a free roaming role. That is a that is an I in my opinion, that's an ideal three four three that that they could go ahead and run. It just depends on, you know, really the only thing that I actually be concerned about is the defensive aspect of it with the three center backs, because I don't know how Aviles will mesh with Kristoff and Miller. And I don't know that if those spaces in behind the wing backs 
are going to be exploited to the point where we see more transitional defense coming at a fail for inter Miami. So that's kind of where my head is at with it. You can't stick Aviles in the middle of the back three. I think a lot of discussion with past inter Miami teams when they did run a back three was who was that mainstay in the middle of the back line. We'd seen Mabika there. We had seen even McVeigh have to do that after moving from left back. You know, we, we've seen guys that, that have come in and commanded that role, and that's kind of the leadership position. So can you go ahead and put Kristoff in the middle of a back three and use Kamal Miller and Aviles on, on you know, either side of him along with the wingbacks to, you know, help out in transitional defense and you don't leave Kristoff exploited as much? That's a real discussion to be had. Yeah, and I actually I want to throw in something that we haven't really talked about, but um, this would be interesting if we had Tomas Aviles not be in the defense, but actually take Arroyo's spot because mm. he is actually a defensive midfielder, defensive midfielder as well, and mm-hmm. that would be sick in my opinion to have yeah. like that have him in play in that position. I'm a little disappointed that you said that because <laughs> we are Ecuadorian as well, Gian. You cannot forget yeah. that we have, I to know, have a little I know. Ecuadorian bias. I know that that hurts. So so I think that my compromise is then Campana comes in. Okay. All right. Fine. (laughs) I'll take that. Well, I I think, you know, I think that if there's like a weak, not a weak link, but if, if someone, if they were to do a back three, if Tata was to do a back three, I actually think Arroyo would be the one to uh, Mm. be sacrificed because Mm. um, I think Kromoski right now or Gomez, either of them offers more of that transitional play. I don't think Arroyo is the best passer in my opinion. I think he does definitely does more defensively, but if we have three, if we have a back three, then, you know, I think that as long as we have someone really running and going back and forth, that means, I mean, you know, Kramoski or Gomez, they can probably only do about 60 minutes, 65 minutes if they're really putting in a shift. But um, I think it could be interesting. I think a three, five, two could be interesting. A three, four, three could be very interesting. And um We'll see. Or, you know, when you're playing maybe a very high pass, like if, if they were playing, I mean, LAFC obviously just got knocked out. But like if you're playing a really high powered offense, I could see a situation where they're starting with the back three. Yeah. Arroyo's a pit bull. Like, so yeah. I, that's yeah. more of his positioning. So I agree with what you just you said, actually, like, actually, it'd be cool. Like if Gomez took um, Arroyo's spot and that way you still have Bang up top creating like in, in, in uh, kind of like as a 10. So I could definitely see that. I think I think Gomez is is um, primed for a little bit of time to like develop that defensive side because I think mm-hmm. that he's so eager to get forward that yeah. it's not necessarily a position of need for Miami right now because you know Lionel Messi can drop in at any time and and do what mm-hmm. he needs to do and you're, we're still trying to figure out what the best you know partner is for Sergio Busquets and. Is it Dixon Arroyo? Is it Gregory when he comes back? Is it Malta when he comes back? I, I don't know, but I think that another discussion, and I'm going to write this down that we can have is you guys have, have said that Dixon Arroyo, you know, is not necessarily the, it could be sacrificed in, in, a, in a tactical change. However, with, you know, the money that Miami are, are spending on guys like Gregory and Malta and compared to the money they're spending on Dixon Arroyo, does Malta or Gregory become expendable so they can, you know, fit some other players under the budget charge in other positions of need? Because I don't think that Arroyo has necessarily been bad for Inter Miami. I was very upset with what happened in the FC Dallas game. I, you mm-hmm. guys, you guys heard me on post game, Gian. You, you, you know, you saw me express my frustrations, but at the same time, now 
I think going forward with, you know, Miami returning to a full roster by the end of the season, you have to start having discussions about, you know, who is the best value for their salary, because that is essentially what MLS comes down to. Now I know there will be some rule changes and likely added salary, you know, budget, but at the same time, Chris Henderson has been the key and prime example of getting the most value out of your players that are on the lower contracts. And he did that with Seattle. He built one of the best back lines in all of MLS, you know, when they were going through their quote unquote dynasty phase, if that's what you want to call it. And they were one of the cheapest back lines in the league. And I think at one point they were the cheapest uh, when they made a Western conference final. So that for me is a, a discussion to be had later down the line. The, do you sell Gregory? Do you sell Mota? Do you keep Arroyo? That is a discussion to be had later. I've had this discussion with myself and other colleagues about Nick Marsman for two years because of mm-hmm. Drake Calendar. I, I I don't think that Marsman, I think they freed up $575,000 under the budget charge for Nick Marsman by buying him out. And he had not seen the field at all for Miami. He didn't need to see the field at all for Miami. They have young keepers who have come up through the ranks and CJ Dos Santos, who they brought from Portugal. And then, Cole Jensen, who is now who was actually added to the league's cup roster. Nick Marsman was in a, a perfect example of what might go on in the midfield down the line, but that's just me speculating. I, I had just thought of that because of what you guys are saying about a Royal. Um, and I also have Ecuadorian bias. So, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of discussion to be had there, but we'll save that for another time. Um, we're going to get to the real important part of the show right now. And it's that Messi and inter Miami are a part of their first ever semifinal. Uh, this has not happened in inter Miami's history. This has been something that has, you know, Miami fans uh, and people who have covered the team who have, have asked for a really long time, you know, U S open cup, I always thought should be a focus and it never really was for Miami. They had lost it, you know, leading up to quarterfinals a lot. The the penalties against Orlando in Orlando last year was, was heartbreaking. Uh, And they just were never able to get the job done. And now with this brand new competition and Messi joining at the perfect time, they've reached the semifinal. Gian, what what are, we're actually, no, I'm going to start with Ashley because I want your outside the lines expected. (laughs) <laughs> their perspective is the 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 implications of Miami reaching a, a, a tournament stage like a, that is a semifinal. What what are those? What does that mean for the whole dynamic? Miami's dynamic is changing completely. Other than what just it, Messi being here, it becomes more of a global market, of course. But now the on the field stuff is really starting to click, and we're finally starting to see the rewards of that. Yeah, well, so I'm going to read a tweet from Jorge Moss. I know you guys have, we've we've mentioned it from the Messi and Co. Uh, social media, but the Messi effect is real. Subscribers to MLS Season Pass on Apple TV have more than doubled since Messi joined, which isn't surprising. And Spanish language viewership has surpassed over 50% for the Messi matches and continues to rise. So why am I saying that? Because we are seeing that with... Uh, group level games and you know, the FC Dallas game was phenomenal, but we're seeing this with this tournament that is in its first year and with a team that we really didn't know the expectations going in. And even with Messi, you know, even after that first win against Cruz Azul, you know, we weren't sure what version of inter Miami we were going to get and what they're going to grow into. And so this team becoming such 
first of all, they're playing really beautiful football, in my opinion. You're seeing great one-touch passing. You're seeing great finishing. It's really, it's really great to see. You're not just seeing um, 90 minutes of boring and then Messi bailing everybody out. I mean, he's done those two great free kicks, but they were good games for the most part leading up to it. Um, and so what it's doing for the city and just the overall quality of MLS, I think, is um, it's really spectacular. And the numbers are not lying. You're seeing the ticket prices soar. You're seeing the overall interest soar. You're seeing on SportsCenter, on all of these different platforms where, especially for American fans, where you're normally just seeing, you know, the big three, which is basketball, American football and baseball, you're seeing a lot more soccer clips being shown and I think that's getting people's interest way up and you start to see trophy you start to see people playing for something real you know you start to hear Champions League you start to hear all these different words and and it starts to it starts to get people interested because they you know you want to see people playing for something valuable and something to you know that are hang banners forever that's a that's a very popular sort of saying and so I think it's it's proving true here too yeah I think that you know there there would be a if Miami weren't competitive, let's say Messi came here and, and stunk it up, right? Like, granted, it was never going to happen. It wasn't even well, on the cards. He didn't stink and, it up, but the rest of the team really stunk let, it up. Yeah, if that were to happen and Miami, you know, got knocked out of League's Cup early and let's just say, you know, they they didn't make it this far and, and Messi wasn't scoring eight goals in five games, I do think that the interest level would still be there. But the importance of the competitiveness on the pitch is still very 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 high because without there being other than Messi brings a show by himself but the whole team is putting on a performance as you said actually a little bit earlier you said that Miami is playing the best football you've seen them play and that's where I think the the key the kicker is this is where it's separating you know any other top level talent coming into MLS because Messi has come in and changed the entire dynamic of Inter Miami as a franchise on and off the field and, you know, when a team's usually playing well on the field, it translates to off the field as well. And again, as Messi would normally have a good off the field impact anyway, it definitely doesn't hurt that they're competitive and, and into a semifinal. Um, Gian, from a just a soccer perspective, specifically for a lot of the young guys that are on Inter Miami, to be able to be this competitive and, you know, steamboat over teams, just what does that do for their development in the future what how does that help build Miami from an on the field perspective going forward with guys like Kermeshki and Allen and all these kinds of things to build out depth of course because that's what Miami have done so well at after you know bringing in Lionel Messi it hasn't just been about Lionel Messi it's been about the Jordi Alba signing and the Busquets signing and now the U22s and how to facilitate you know the the DPs and the buy downs and everything they've done such a good job at that but you also have to develop these younger guys as well. How much does Messi and the level of competitiveness that Miami have now help develop them into players that you want them to be in the future? Uh, I think it helps tremendously. I, you know, these players like Remasi, 18 years old, Gomez, um, and all the other young guys that have had to kind of get a head start over, you know, maybe opportunities that they wouldn't have had just because of all the injuries. It's just a, a, a great moment for them because they've been able to experience so much in this competitive and all, you know, in this competition that is League's Cup. Um, they've been injected into maybe scenarios that they wouldn't have seen so quickly. It just 
and the overall team i mean it's amazing from just think about it like if we wouldn't have gotten so far in the league's cup and let's say we would have gone out with in the in the group stage and i think i was mentioning this before then we jump into the into the league we jump into the last couple of games of the open cup basically a new team a team that hasn't had the opportunity to play together that hasn't had the opportunity to experience different scenarios to overcome adversity if you really think about it like it's insane in this short span of time the different things that we've been able to experience as a team are incredible like that first game that we had in the league's cup we played again we've experienced the mexican club the, the the mexican side of 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 soccer we've experienced the mexican team that that's always something that's uh, you know for the from an mls standpoint is like you you always want to be as big as the mexican league because uh, you know they've uh basically been known as a, a more experienced league and a more talented league so we got that in game one and boom we passed that the next one was right off of the bat we go against orlando we get that derby rivalry game full of emotions grit like you get that right in game two right so that was just insane then game three, three game three what game three orlando game three atlanta sorry, sorry. Game, game, two. game yeah. two game three my apologies then after that we get the dallas game which was man like you could have easily after going down by all those goals you could easily have given up but that team showed resilience um you got Messi coming in with the confidence and and bringing the team up and scoring and saying let's go we got this like you know and then we get this game which is like the complete opposite of what we've seen in the first four games which was like almost like okay this team yeah we're gonna we're much better than them but make sure you stay stay in the game concentrate don't just because you sometimes you play down to the level of your competition. And I don't want to speak so badly about Charlotte, but Charlotte was just was not the best team, at least in the teams we've played so far. So we've gone all types of teams, like a very diverse set of experiences. And that's just a really amazing way to kind of like continue going. All these young guys, like you said, are experiencing that along the way and experiencing that with the likes of Alba, Busquets and Messi learning all the way so once we're done with this cup which i hopefully is with some silverware in hand ready to put in the, the stadium man like the sky's the limit for us we've got again just 12 games left in the season we've got the u.s open cup and then after that ima imagine i mean you know imagine we win the the league's cup we win the u.s open cup and then we pull off a miracle i'm not gonna but <laughs> i don't want to jinx that but then you've got the CONCACAF champions like man you're setting yourself up to come out like with insane confidence and like ready to play and uh, an experienced team like that, that a lot of teams take years to build that experience and that camaraderie and everything and we're building it in like what a month or something like that's just right. insane yeah there i mean even if if not silverware after league's cup yeah. at least they've you know put themselves in a position and especially with us open cup too to get into what you just said gian the Concacaf champions cup because that you know the intercontinental competition you know, to be put on a stage in North America of that magnitude, the highest of, you know, them all, then to potentially proceed to the Club World Cup and, and all that, like Seattle did just a couple months ago, that is where it really starts to become important. And, you know, from Miami's inception, you know, it's been asked, can they win the Open Cup to, to get into the CONCACAF Champions Cup? Can they finish as supporters shield or finished, you know, top three in their, their conference and whatever Jorge Mas was saying a while ago, like they have not really ever been close to, to ever qualifying for this kind of a competition. It's never been close. The parameters are win MLS, be the supporters shield champion 
or be the top team in the opposite conference of the Supporters Shield champion or win U.S. Open Cup. That that's been it. Miami have had seventh place finishes, ninth place finishes, tenth place finishes, whatever it is, and have not been able to to get even close. They haven't got out of the first round of MLS playoffs ever. They lost three mm-hmm. nil embarrassingly to Nashville in their first season, and last year they lost embarrassingly in New York. So with what Miami is doing now, the it's not the same. It's not the same team that I've watched over the last four years. It just it just isn't. It, it's, it's so it's exciting. A, it's it's a team. This is in our fourth year. This is crazy. Fourth year, right? And, and you think <laughs> of you know other expansion sides who have done you know somewhat well atlanta of course Mm -hmm. you know winning right off the bat pretty much and under tata martino as well and they haven't necessarily been able to stable the ship a team like um let me think since cincinnati has taken their time to grow into one of the top teams and look good for them they they are now the best team in the east and i think that they're uh, probably the other than philadelphia who we're going to talk about in a second the most like worthy opponent for inter miami within the conference I think of a team like Minnesota United with Emmanuel Reynoso, who came into the league not so long ago and have had to, you know, get a build up to the Western Conference final, which they did. And so there's a lot to be said for, you know, roster, you know, not necessarily roster building, but expansion building, like the way MLS teams have done it. And Miami are now setting a precedent that no other club will, will likely ever be able to repeat because nobody ever is getting Lionel Messi again. But it kind of changes the the entire ground or like the entire foundation of what MLS is going to become in the near future, because rule changes are looming. We've seen Mm -hmm. so many different reports of that as well. And that is another huge talking point, which we're going to definitely save for another pod because there's so much to, to dive into when it comes to how Miami have pulled off what they pulled off. And if the rules do change, what else can Miami actually pull off with owners that are willing to spend? And that's another point. Miami have owners that are willing to spend. Does it make the other owners put their money where their mouth is and try and stay competitive in a league that has now more motivated owners to, to go ahead and do that? Um, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy change that we've witnessed. And I, I think that we aren't going to see a change like this this was almost overnight we have seen miami in the offseason you know go on with you know 14 roster changes or something crazy some of the most i think they've had the most in mls history at one point where they had the most roster turnover i think it was a year or two ago under phil neville and this feels even more significant because it's the level of play is Granted, we expected it, right? We, yeah. we absolutely did. But I don't know there's... if I expected it to be at this level with everyone being so consistent this quickly. Right. And that's and that's exactly yeah, actually true. that is exactly that's a really good point because, you know, it's taken time for a lot of stars to get acclimated in MLS. Like it has to other than Zlatan, who, you know, came on in that El Trafico game, um, well, however many years ago it was, I you know, when when DPs come it doesn't necessarily click right away. And, and Messi has just, I think it was uh, Brian Schmetzer of Seattle who said in a press conference or like a media scrum earlier this week that somebody asked him about Messi and it was, um, you know, just, you know, what did, is this what you expected? And, you know, what do you think about the quality and this and that he goes, this is more than I expected. Like he says that he understood that he's the greatest of all time and he's the goat, but this is even more than he expected. And I think that that is, 
so crazy to think about because it, it's like how excited were we building this podcast that's that's where i think back to and like where we were like oh my gosh you know Messi's coming it's going to be insane and yada, yada yada but i mean it's blowing away expectations and i, I don't think that it'll ever be repeated but miami have a, a, a roster build that is is going to go down as the pretty much the the it's the going to be the golden child for for roster building going forward for expansion teams and even you know other teams alike that that have been in league for some time this is kind of the this is going to be the role model chris henderson has built into miami as a role model for for expansion or not for expansion for just roster building in mls and i think that with the dps and u22s and and everything that they've done it's just been it's been perfect um so in a second here we have a guest joining us and we'll get to that in just a little bit but the Philadelphia game is where, where we're going to be headed. And I think that this is going to be one of the toughest tests um, for Miami. We said that about FC Dallas, but the last time that Miami took on Philadelphia, it was a four, one loss. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty game. You can look at the lineup. It was very different than the lineup that we have now. However, given what we saw in that game, Miami are definitely going to need to improve. But again, this is a brand new team, but Philadelphia is a, is a again, as I said earlier, along with Cincinnati, definitely the most worthy opponents doing that in a setting away from home in Subaru park where they have struggled in the past. And a lot of teams do um, Ashley, give me your quick thoughts on, on, on this matchup um, before we bring on our, our special guest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give mine. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys take the interview. Um, I think it's like I said, it's going to be the biggest test by far. Um, they kind of remind me a little bit of, and I don't know if this is a good comparison. It kind of just is off the top of my head, almost like a Bayern Munich or something like that, where it's just, it's a team that feels very, not robotic, but very, it's not something is particularly flashy, but it's um, it's like a well-oiled machine. And you have a very intense crowd. You have intense players. You have a very strict kind of game plan, and they play to the very last second. Um, and so, you know, we'll see how the emotions play out. Obviously, their head coach already kind of gave the little, like, don't sell your tickets no matter how much they are, you know, the mind games. Which, by the way, I think is a crazy take. You should, if you're MLS, <laughs> like, you should take the money. And that's like, that's the whole point of bringing Messi into the league is so everyone can benefit from it. But regardless, um, yeah. So I think it'll be a really big test emotionally, mentally, and then just in terms of overall uh, performance. All right. We're going to do a quick ad break here with Mosaics. And Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. And we'll be back with our very special guest from Philadelphia. Are you ready to transform your space into a masterpiece? Introducing Mosaics, your destination for stones and more. Mosaics is a family-owned business serving the community for over 20 years. With the best quality porcelain, ceramic tiles, and high-end mosaics featuring unique modern designs, Mosaics has everything you need. Dedicated customer service, wholesale distributors, and a passion for excellence. Make sure you visit mosaics.com today to turn your vision into a reality. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live 
personalized bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right. We are back with a fresh-faced David Melanda Jr., uh, a good friend of mine now that I've met over the last couple of weeks and talked so much, you know, football into Miami and Philadelphia union with MLS as well. Um, all the way from Philadelphia. Thank you so much for doing this. You are a huge reporter in the area. You've covered Philadelphia sports for quite some time. David, uh, thank you so much for doing this and taking the time. I want to get just some outside perspective right away on, on, what it's like for an opposing team to face Inter Miami and Lionel Messi. What are the thoughts going through everybody's head? What are the feelings and, and, and all the like? Well, let's put it this way. This is one of the biggest sporting events to hit city of Philadelphia, especially wow. for what's so unique about this matchup is that everybody thought this game originally was going to be played at Lincoln financial field, the home of the Philadelphia Eagles, but it's not, it's going to be held at Subaru park in Chester where the Philadelphia Union play at. So the so everybody's saying, okay, so it means how much can that stadium really hold? Full capacity, 19,000 that stadium can hold. And right now, ticket prices are off the charts right now. This is like one of the highest events to hit that area in years. This is even bigger when LeBron comes to town, even bigger when Kobe and Michael Jordan came to town. This is wow. this is like Taylor Swift level. The excitement up here in Philadelphia right now. Ashley would have loved that. Yeah. I heard it was like 350 for standing room only. Like, that is is nuts. That is partially true. But then as of a couple hours ago on StubHub, for two standing room seats, $8,000. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Holy cow. I, yeah. I, you heard that right. Wow. You heard that right. That's that's crazy. And, you know, we saw it with with Dallas. Right. And I think their tickets sold out in about 15 minutes. Philadelphia's might have sold out even faster than that. Two minutes. Uh, two. So 120 seconds to, to fill up the 19,000 whatever plus mm-hmm. seats with standing room, whatever it is that uh, man, I, it's that in and of itself kind of explains, you know, what it's like for a city to be hosting this. But from a from a team perspective, David, after, you know, covering the union and everything like that, it's obviously different than any other matchup that Philadelphia and Miami have had um, in their short history together. The only time that I can really think of this is not comparable, but the only time where you saw like the star power like this and, you know, what we're about to expect on um, what tomorrow night uh, mm-hmm. was the, when the Higuain brothers, I think two years ago scored two goals to win two, one at Subaru park off of free kicks. Uh, Higuain scored one and then Fede, I think, you know, helped with assist another one or something off of free, whatever it was, it was a couple years ago. I could um, probably compare to that. Like uh, when the LA galaxy came, I think it was like 2016 or 17 when the soccer guys, Zlatov, Ibrahimov played at Subaru park, downpouring rain, sold it out. He did score. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, we got what we wanted. And, and, you know, Messi has Messi is on a better scoring streak than Zlatan was in his first five games. He's got eight goals now in five games. 
What do you do if you're Jim Curtin, David? I mean, where where do you start? Where are your initial thoughts about how Philadelphia can actually pull something insane off that no team has been able to do? Well, there's many things. First off, Jim Curtin spoke today. He basically said it's uh, still a surreal moment that these guys, that the greatest player of all time is going to be playing in the Philadelphia area for the very first time ever. So that's why there's more of a buzz for this game tomorrow. Mm. And he's like, you make one mistake, you're done. He, you're, there's there's no, no way to explain it. You're done. So the way the Union looked against Quatero on Friday night, that wasn't them at all. They looked way sloppy throughout the night. They were very lucky to get that goal by Chris Donovan, which a lot of people are still saying he was offsides, but he was not. Honestly, I don't think he was. was not. VAR backed it up. He was onside, so I don't want to hear this crap from anybody say, oh, that's what happens when you pay <laughs> off the refs. No, not even close. We hear that a lot over here. At oh, Miami. trust so, me. We so we sympathize with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then here's another thing as well. Uh, a lot of people thought that Philadelphia would never, what's the word I'm looking for, adapt to having a soccer team in town. Well, guess what? Since the union came in the league in 2010, their fan base has tripled every couple years. And it's Subaru Park has now become the premier place to watch a game now. And over their last 50 matches, the Union have maybe lost maybe three times. Hmm. So, yeah, it's become one of the more intimidating sights to see yeah. when you come into Subaru Park. And dealing with the Sons of Ben, let, let me put it this way. There was a fair warning sent out by the Sons of Ben. If you want to sit in their section, you have tickets in their section. You got to follow their rules, which includes no messe gear. You wear that, you cannot be in that section. And we've I seen mean, that before. That yeah, we've seen that before. I uh, what was the t- um? It was leading up to it might have been the DC game where they put out a again. It was after Messi had announced that he was going to play for Miami, mm-hmm. and there were about four, three or four games in between when he would debut and and. Uh, mm-hmm. when he announced it and they were away to dc and dc put out a memo for that section for where i, I don't the name the supporter group name is escaping me but they put out a memo saying any messy gear or a messy related gear or miami related gear is not allowed into the stands and it, it's just you know obviously messy is you know driving the product up and he is part of what the show is going to be but you, you saw Jim Curtin and, and Ashley mentioned it earlier this week too. talk about don't sell your tickets. Like he's right. The fans no, there. Jim is actually 100% right about this. Regardless how much you're being offered it. It's let's put it this way. There's, there's going to be a lot of how can I paraphrase in a simple way without offending a lot of people's uh, a lot of fake slash fraud fans that basically want to just say, Oh, we don't care about Philadelphia. We only care about this guy. We don't care what happens. They want to see well, Messi play. Which I think is valid, but at the same time, MLS and MLS teams have to be able to balance having those kinds of people who want to come into games to watch the greatest of all time play and keep a fan base intact to give you as much advantage as possible because you're now being put to a competitive test that you've never seen before. So you can, you're going to take everything that you can get. I totally yeah, agree. Especially like that, especially because here's the thing. A lot of people were saying, why wasn't this game moved to Lincoln Financial Field, which holds mm. over 70,000? Well, here's a couple of things. One, it's on short notice. 
Two, the Philadelphia Eagles are getting the field ready for their preseason game this Thursday. So yeah. no way. But if this was like, say, in if they had this tournament in, say, March, that would have been no issues. Right. There have been no problems with that. So potentially in 2024, you could see Philadelphia versus Inter Miami be played at Lincoln Financial Field. Because by and that think, point, who knows? I think it's possible that a lot of teams think about those things because we saw what happened in Frisco and just how crazy it was for, for FC Dallas and the amount of people that were there. And even before the game, after the game, the amount of people that were waiting. Um, we've had discussions down here in, in South Florida about possible games being moved to, you know, the hard rock stadium where the dolphins play. And, and, you know, those conversations have come up because of just the the simple interest that, you know, Miami have now uh, among all the fans. Um, as per Jorge Mas, it wouldn't happen with for any of the League's Cup games or it would not happen for any MLS regular season games. But if the U.S. Open Cup final is to be hosted in South Florida, meaning that Miami beat Cincinnati on the 23rd and the Dynamo beat Real Salt Lake at home, uh, I think that game is also on the 23rd, then Miami have the priority to host and that game could be a hard rock stadium. So they could sit in front of 68,000 people like they possibly would for a League's Cup game against another side away from away from home so those discussions among all teams in the league are going to have to be had and i think that teams have to also see it as a possible business opportunity as well because this is this is something that it's you don't even have to try the interest is just there among not only people in your state but people in the surrounding areas that want to come because it's the most accessible they'll, they'll ever have to seeing the greatest of all time play. He does he's not done a, a ton of U.S. stuff. He has before, but this is on a regular basis now. Agreed. I totally agree with that, especially since he's under contract with Inter-Miami for one more season. So, yeah, if this game, like, if say tomorrow night was – oh, two more. So, two, yeah. So, basically it goes like this. If this League's Cup was being held, say, back in March, the link would have been sold out within seconds. Right. But, no, because of being on short notice – it's going to be at Subaru Park, and everybody's saying, "Really? There? That that's a that's a blown opportunity." No, it isn't. You want home field advantage? This is what you got to do. And also, so many media members have been applying for credentials for this game, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to feel the effects now of what you went through when you tried to get message first game with Inter Miami yeah. in this league's yeah. cup. So I still haven't heard back if I'm going to be credentialed for this game tomorrow night. So basically, I'm. Still waiting in limbo, even though I've been covering the Philadelphia Union since 2015. So, I don't know. We'll see. We're, we'll find out maybe yeah. tomorrow what happens. Well, good good luck to you, Gian. <laughs> David, ahead. yeah. Uh, so, I kind of want to transition a little bit into the, the actual game itself. And one of the things that uh, Tata mentioned uh, during today's press conference, he, well, he was asked kind of like, what is the starting lineup going to be for Inter-Miami versus um, – you guys, right? And he basically said it's going to be about the same, but he's kind of waiting to see what ends up happening with Gazdag, if he's going to start to see how he kind of game plans and that sort of thing. So I'm just wondering, like, what word, what word do you have from there? Is he going to start? Are there going to be any lineup changes? What can you expect to see from that standpoint? Well, Jim Curtin came out today. He said Daniel Gaza trained 100% today. He's okay. a go for tomorrow. And the Uni get their other special weapon back. The captain, Ali Badoya, will be back as well. 
So he'll be the both are good to go. The big other concern was Julian Carranza, who got hurt in the game Friday yeah. night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He actually suffered. What was it? They said today it was a where the hell was it? At? Grade one hamstring strain, but he may not even start. He he wants to play in this game because he's a fellow countryman as well. So he's going to have an impact in this game no matter what at some point tomorrow. But then you also have to consider like Daniel Gaza's badass this year he's really good and then you got the goalie of the year andre blake who is literally a brick wall you you can't mess with him then like i said the guys off the bench like chris donovan who scored the the, the that dramatic ending friday night against quartero was awesome jack mcglynn had a had a great game as well the union have a lot of homegrown players that are just ready to take off since a lot of people don't realize if the philadelphia union's homegrowns are doing very well over in europe right now with mm-hmm. brendan aronson mm-hmm. and um Paxton, yeah, and Paxton too. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably who I'm most worried about now. Is is obviously Gazda coming in. He's. Uh, I know that you mentioned that their game against Querétaro, they were kind of like not the their same, and that's obviously because Gazda is their main guy that is able to make all the playmaking. But not only that, he's got your, the most goals, right? He's got 16, I think. And for, half for of them are by penalty kicks. Yeah. 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 So you got him. You've got um, Julian Carranza that has 14 goals for you guys across all matches. So just those two guys, if they're able to play, um, that's going to make a, a, a big difference for, I, I guess, Inter-Miami. And Ty Wagner said, said the other night, he he's excited for this showdown with Messi. Yeah. He's ready for it. So. It, I can like also said, imagine. I can also imagine Damian Lowe is too. That oh, that another yeah. ex Miami player who, you know, automatically takes leadership roles wherever he goes, uh, and always has. That's just the kind of player he is. I loved him when he was down here. Getting to speak with him in the media was awesome. The way he's so well spoken, you can tell that he's got a leadership mentality. And I think that this is going to be one that he has like absolutely circled on his calendar. And I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. Well, like I was saying, the buzz around this game after Friday night ended, it's on the level of Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's how big this is. And just like the demand over the last 48 hours, I've had my phone has not stopped blowing up. People ask me, can I get them last minute tickets? Are you out of your mind? (laughs) Hell, are you out of your mind? No way. Yeah, it's it's crazy. We we've gotten the same over here and everybody it's just a it's a spectacle. Like it absolutely is and I I do hope you get to go and enjoy it because I'm still amazed every time I whether I watch it on TV and I'm sitting on my couch or I'm at the game it, it's it's a it's been the the craziest turnaround in one month's time that I've seen in the history of sports. I, I don't think that there is anything comparable to what we're witnessing. This team was on a seven game winless streak before Messi came. Now they've won the five in a row. I'm not calling the Dallas one a draw because winning on penalties is winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and same way with, with the union with far two straight wins on penalties, and penalties against the Red Bulls right. and DC United. Like, it was and like- so that's, for me, that's an interesting note is that Philadelphia have also been in the trenches in this tournament. They've been exposed to the, you know, CONCACAF Champions Cup as of a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been one of the most consistent teams in, in MLS, so they've been a part of these competitions. It does. We're still haunted seen, by the loss in the MLS final, the LAFC. We're still haunted by that. Right. And that was so a lot of penalties have been in, in Philadelphia's future. Do you, are you confident that if they can take Miami the same way Dallas did that, you know, at home, they could 
sneak out a win in penalties because obviously it's you know it penalties are branch 50 50 but philadelphia have been there done that right especially doing it against your two biggest rivals in dc united and the red bulls so the going it here's a funny thing that a lot of people didn't realize going into that dc united leagues cup game the union lost six out of their last eight games on penalty kicks mm. going into that so now they won two straight here, here's what I think what's going to happen tomorrow. Messi's going to score, obviously. Gaza will definitely score. It's going to come down to penalties. I even asked Andre Blake about this, saying, what would, it, what would it mean to you to make a stop on Messi? He's like, he scored against me twice. I stopped him once, but I can't wait to stop him again. Hmm. I think it's important, at least from a Miami standpoint, is to make sure you guys don't get any corner kicks because – we're one of the teams that is basically the worst at the set piece. And you guys are have some really tall defenders. I mean, you've got Jack Elliott. I think he's oh, at 6'6". Six, yes. six, and Glesnes at 6'2". Our tallest guy, our t- call it, a tallest center back is 6'2". And then you've got Kamal Miller. I mean, 6'1", excuse me. And then Kamal Miller at, at, at six feet. So you guys are like beasts in the area. And you like to stack the area on those corners. I know you guys usually have about six players in there. So I think that and, that's one of the keys for me. And also Inter-Miami has to be worried because... We played Inter Miami early in the season, and we just and we embarrassed them up yeah, here at yeah. Super Park, which one. a lot of people thought Messi was going to play in that game. But here's another thing: there was a a picture that went viral during that game. It was a, a Inter Miami like some a fan from Inter Miami or from Argentina, wherever it was, said, "I traveled eighteen thousand miles to see the goat. He yeah. didn't play. That was priceless. <laughs> that was priceless." And another thing that I think Miami have to worry about too, Glesnes is somebody who's literally a yearly candidate for goal of the year uh, because of his, his outside, outside the box shots and for 50 yards. Yeah. Good luck. Miami haven't had to really worry about that kind of a threat so far, you know, uh, other than maybe Tiago Almada and the free kick areas, Uh but they're going to have to with Arroyo and Busquets in the midfield, I think Gian, and this is a discussion that we can have going forward uh, and into tomorrow, is that they need to shut down Philadelphia at the top of the box. It's not, yeah. it's not, you know, build a block uh, and you know just eliminate entry passes because Philadelphia are very, very, very dangerous with Glesnes, especially um, it, from those areas. If he comes and, up and, and, and a ball comes, he can rip one. And we have a secret weapon with that too. Jose Martinez also yes. can hit it from 40 yards out now as well. He had the goal of the year against, I believe it was, Col- no, it was against Orlando. Mm. Last second from like 30 yards out and, and went in. So, David, are you, you did you, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, did you say that you are expecting a tie in this game going to penalties? I potentially can see it. Because wow. the way how the Union have, like I said, their last three games have come down, two of the three have come down to penalties. And against Quatero, 11 minutes of stoppage time in the second half. Yeah. Holy crap. Who would have saw that coming? It could be a very, very intense physical game. I think that that is probably on the cards because Jim Curtin's not going to have his team back down to Miami at all. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Messi and co get chippy at times, especially against Orlando. Um, well, if so- Messi wants to get chippy, he has to be very careful. We up here in Philly, we have a couple Couple dogs, you don't want to piss Absolutely. off, especially Jose Martinez. Yeah. Uh, especially how the Quatero game ended on Friday night with that fight at the end. Now yeah. that was crazy. Just, just <laughs> now I was like, oh boy, here we go. 
Gian, what are your thoughts for the the final? You kind of agree with David that it'll be tight, tight knit. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think that um, I think if Inter wants a, a chance, because it's going to be a hostile environment playing against a really good team. I think they need uh -huh. to be able to understand what Philadelphia's strengths are, so that they can uh, be able to to combat them. Like for example, I I know that you know one of Philadelphia's strengths is to build through the middle, but they've also got really strong wingers. They like to put really like um, really nice like through balls in the air um, and so and do a lot of centers like that sort of thing so I think that we need to make sure that we clog those passes on the uh, through then which is actually very similar because we're actually very good as well through uh, play, playing through the middle especially you know with Kremaski and with Messi coming back to pick up the ball from the middle so I think both teams are going to have to attack that 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 middle part of the field but then I think and and let me know if I, I'm wrong on on this one David but I feel like you you guys or your center backs tend to go up a lot uh, on attack or to or to really um, be able to like uh, stop the attack. So that opens you guys up to some counters, right? To some counter attacks. Have you guys? Oh, you feel like trust me. Put it this way: yeah. Friday night, you saw yeah. you saw Quatero the the way we just let them hang around, and then mm -hmm. they they exposed us when they tied it up late. I was like, oh yeah. no, no, don't don't tell me, don't tell me we're going down this route again. Yeah. Even yeah, though so we blew out, even though we dominated Quatero the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be a tactical game by Daniel Gazda. Mm -hmm. So there yeah. you go. So Gazda is coming back. Uh Kai Wagner, Badoya, Andre Blake. It's gonna be one of the more hostile environments that mm. Messe will ever, ever take part in. Dallas was not hostile at all. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Which I'm not surprised. And put it this way, like I said, for anybody going to this game tomorrow, it's going to be an experience that you'll be saying, oh, crap. I thought I would never – like, especially when the Philadelphia Union came in, like I was mentioning before, when they came in the league in 2010, nobody in their right mind would ever think one of the greatest soccer players of all time would ever play – down where Subaru Park is right now in Chester, PA. Nobody would ever even dreamed it. And we're less than 24 hours from that happening. And that's yeah, unheard of. That's yeah. This is not going to be like that Charlotte game, I feel like, where after the game I was, uh, you know, relaxed and I was able to sleep early. I feel like this is going to be one of those where the game ends and I'm not sleeping until like 2 in the morning. <laughs> oh, like, what, whatever happened. Yeah, yeah, that's going to yeah. be. It's going to uh, be. It's going to be a showdown for sure. David. It, it, this is, let's put it this way. This is. They're calling this one of the bigger – what was wait, wait, Jim Fraser? This is going to be one of the biggest events to ever hit the city of Philadelphia in the last 10 years. That's crazy. That Especially that's... at Subaru Park with the last two years hosting the Eastern Conference Championship, which New York City beat us the one year, which still haunts us still to this day. But we got revenge with them last year. Mm -hmm. Then the U.S. Open Cup Finals, which they struggled in those. The uh, CONCACAF ones, it's like this thing is – I can tell you right now the magnitude right now in this city is buzzing because right now we, as everybody knows, Philadelphia is a hardcore football city for the Eagles. The Phillies are starting to figure out what's going on with them. The drama with James Harden, which is that's a whole nother animal oh. we're dealing with. <laughs> then we got the the Philadelphia Flyers who are in a total complete rebuild, ownership and everything being flipped upside down. And then everybody's saying soccer, really? Does Philadelphia really care about soccer? Well, guess what? In the pecking order right now. Some of you may agree, some may may not agree with this. Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, and Union, then Flyers. 
So they've made the jump then. They've made the jump oh, over. Yes. Ever since Claude Giroux left, I think it's probably been a little bit tougher. Uh, but that, that I think I'm not a, the biggest hockey guy, but I think that um, it gets it gets harder like when you when you lose someone like that. But anyway, David, thank you so much for, for giving us this perspective and coming on the show today. For everybody watching, follow him on Twitter. Amazing, amazing pro and college sports coverage all throughout the city of Philadelphia um, at Dave M reports. Uh, Dave, let everybody else what you got going on where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Dave and Reports. I'll be I cover all the Philly events for Sports Talk Philly, and I also cover Penn State for Nittany Central. Since there's a certain buzz around Penn State right now, since they the AP poll came out today, they're ranked number seven to start the season. So there's a certain buzz about them, and I've been here to certain buzz about your Miami Hurricanes too. So. <laughs> Who knows? We might have to have you jump on our Six Rings King show uh, for for five reasons sports if if a matchup ever comes into fruition. Well, but, speaking of which, Temple plays Miami this year at the Link. Oh, okay. I didn't know that actually. So that's yeah, a, there you go. All right, Mid September. I, I'll I'll put in a word, David. Thank you so much for coming on. Make sure you go check him out. And um, as we wrap up here, we'll we'll uh, we'll finish up our predictions and everything like that. But David, enjoy the game tomorrow if you if you can make it, man. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank Have you, a good one. Oh man, the excitement from from the outside perspective is 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 palpable. Like you, I could easily tell that it, they feel very strongly about. I didn't get to. We didn't get to talk to anybody in Dallas before the Dallas match. No. And the excitement levels there, but like with this whole thing with Philly, like it, it, it's. Uh, no man it's it's crazy it's the same excitement that we had when Messi first played and now yeah are we like comfortable like it's so weird to see that perspective because we're not there anymore right yeah yeah I mean there's a lot of definitely a lot of buzz there well think about it like they've like David said they've never had Messi in their Mm -hmm. city and 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 much less in such an important match like not i don't even think they've had them there like as a friend a friendly or anything like this is this is, this is a semi-final to go to the final and they've got a competitive team which is exciting for them so they they feel I, I at least from what david's saying it seems like they feel like they've got a chance to beat us right they've got a chance yeah. to beat messy um and i think that the, the buzz is is we can tell from what david has said i have uh, seen some uh, on twitter i've been able to see some of the local news stations just standing outside subaru stadium ahead of the game talking about the buzz around the city and how everybody's excited and talking about where to watch the game so you can definitely tell that they're very excited and it just like you said kind of like when we first had messi like that first game like that buzz of just the anticipation of being able to see him is just nuts. I, I thought our ticket prices were expensive, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but but yeah, that's super cool. I guess uh, that we can share him right for a day. <laughs> that yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, yeah, like when when MLS returns and, and he's on the road, like what yeah. four or five more times, it's gonna be like a messy American tour. Like it, it's yeah. <laughs> man, it it's so sure. it's so it's so crazy. Um, we're gonna wrap up the show here. I, I do agree, by the way, that it's it's going to be a tight game. I'm afraid if Miami are you know in a tight game down the stretch because if it does go to penalties, I really trust Andre Blake to to put on a show. Um, yeah. Although again, Philadelphia have had struggles with penalties. They've kind of come around to it a little bit. Um, so I I don't really know where I would you know think 
However, I, I my, it would be very beneficial for Miami to get this done and go up early and, and try and seal the deal like they did against Charlotte. But I think Philadelphia will come out a little bit more competitive than Charlotte did. And it, it'll be similar to what we saw in the first couple of minutes against FC Dallas, where really they were just, you know, getting clear shots on goal that Drake was luckily there for. They were missing the target. Yeah. I think we'll see something like that um, from them just because of the, the quality of their side. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that this is going to be a game where, you know, yeah, I, I feel like obviously we have the upper edge on talent simply because we have Messi. But other than that, I think it's very even talent wise. They've got some great players. So I think this is going to come down to a lot of game planning. It's going to be a battle yeah. that the coaches really like who's going to be able to stop the great, both teams are great at passing. So who's going to be able to make sure that they set that midfield up to be able to close those gaps and be able to stop the the defense from connecting to the offense. I think that that's really what it's going to be about. Um, and it's just uh, you know a prayer circle for our defense, guys. If you, if you can, like for hundred percent. So um, I am uh, I'm not afraid. And I've said this from the beginning is since Messi has touched Miami, touched down in Miami. I think we can beat everybody. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that this is easy. Um, and then lastly, I'll, I'll say that I think that, um, you know, although Charlotte was easy, thankfully we had a, a, a tough game against Dallas. So that kind of does prepare us for to be ready should there be any adversity and, uh, you know, a tough crowd and that sort of thing. So um, I'm confident. I think it'll be definitely a, a tight game. I don't think we're going to see three or four goals. I think it's going to be maybe like a, a 2-1 uh, Three, two. We're gonna get like a that. normal scoreline. Are you? Are you kidding yeah, me, yeah. Gian? Yeah, normal score. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, for real. We're used to we're used to the these insane goals and these insane score lines, yeah. like you said. But yeah, it's definitely gonna be a tough, uh, gritty, battled uh, game. And and uh, but I I definitely trust Messi. And I think we come out with a with a dub on this one for sure. All right. And with that said, predictions are a win uh, tomorrow night. Make sure you stay yeah. tuned uh, to Messi and Co. and to Five Reasons Sports for all the coverage. Uh, to come we will be doing pre-game stuff post-game stuff stuff during the game in terms of tweets uh make sure you follow both of gian and i down below you can see our ads right there also follow messi and co at messi and co follow five reasons sports at five reasons sports with the number five check out the podcast on apple on spotify google wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you use you know if you're watching this on youtube right now go to the live section of the channel you can see our live shows there. You can see our recorded podcast on the other, on the regular video channel as well. For if you're listening on the podcast, make your way over to YouTube, subscribe, put the notifications on so you can be alerted uh, when we go live or when we post a visual podcast, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, we, we thank everybody for all the coverage that we've had in this time. And we are committed to looking to grow and pump out the content when it comes to Messi, because we know how important the coverage is for, fans not only in north america but all over the world uh with that said for everybody at five reasons sports including gian and myself and messi and co we will see you guys tomorrow night all right have a good one bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.